there, this is Jen Kern, and I wanted to just take a quick minute to thank you for stopping by today. Today represents our 10th episode of the show, and I couldn't be more excited and grateful to all the listeners and guests who have showed up so far to talk about all things reinventing restaurants. Today's show is also a really special one for me. Brian Hipsher is the head of marketing for BB Bob. When he accepted my invite to join the show, it really was like a little fan moment for me because I'm a huge BB Bob lover. When they first came to DC, I immediately fell in love with the fact that they have this free, delicious miso soup and all their sauces and their bowls. Everything is just so delicious and fun about the brand. But beyond the amazing food and concept, Brian really stood out to me as a very different kind of marketer. He calls himself an unconventional marketer and he talks about the value that he's found in embracing other disciplines outside of marketing. Disciplines like human resources, technology, systems design, operations, and he talks about the other industries he's worked in as well, like healthcare and tech startups, and how all of those experiences have come together to give him a really fresh and different perspective on marketing. It was such a good reminder for me, and really for all of us, I think, in marketing, to remember not to get so focused and locked in on all things marketing only. Brian talks about how he doesn't buy into the hype around marketing and how he embraces the fullness of it. He encourages us to reach out across our teams, across departments, across skill sets, to welcome other experiences, and amazing things can happen, just like they have for Brian. I hope you enjoy the show today. Thanks again for stopping by, and be well. You're listening to Restaurants Reinvented, a podcast created to help modern marketers elevate their game and drive rapid growth. Join your host, Jen Kern, the CMO at Q, as she dishes with restaurant marketing pros who are leading the industry with creative branding, marketing, and guest engagement strategies. Get ready to be inspired by thought-provoking stories from your fellow marketers. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Restaurants Reinvented. This is Jen Kern, your hostess. And today I'm here with Brian Hipsher, the VP of Marketing at BB Bop and Charlie's Philly Cheesesteak. Hi, Brian. Hi, how are you doing, Jen? I'm great. Thank you so much for taking time out of your Friday, TGIF. <laughs> yes, hey, happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, thanks for joining us today. I'm really excited to hear about all the things going on at your two really interesting and fun brands. So before we talk about your brands, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, your background, and what led you to your current role at BB Bop and Charlie's? Sure. Yeah. I, I would say I have a pretty unconventional or different path to get to where I'm at today. I went to school in Wyoming, so not a lot of people from the University of Wyoming. So if you're out there, yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favorite places, actually. Sure, sure. So I got my degree in marketing there and also an MBA from University of Wyoming. And my first job was actually as a district manager with 7-Eleven. And I learned all kinds of stuff about ops and how to run a business in the city of Denver. It was really nice. Did that for about five years and then became a regional training manager for them. And they eventually moved me down to Dallas to lead their business system development group. And that was a pretty neat opportunity to really get into what makes the entire enterprise work and tick and how to help people navigate and manage technology to make their lives better. This was way back when POS was first coming out, <laughs> that whole wow. idea going from a cash register to a POS. So learned a lot about technology. And then my career went really interesting sideways, and I became a human resource manager for a technology company. And as a global company that served a lot of different industries, 
I did that for about five years, but I was always playing around with the marketing guys and gals and the different things that they were doing. They actually started up a retail division of that company to basically serve the largest supermarket retailers in the world. And they needed a marketing person. <laughs> and I didn't really have a lot of marketing experience at that point. They still tapped my shoulder to say, hey, let's give this guy a shot. And that was an amazing experience, getting the opportunity, one, to see kind of how supermarkets worked all over the world and to get to travel a little bit, which was certainly fun. But also to learn marketing, I had colleagues all over the world that I could learn from uh, different techniques and approaches that was both business to business and business to consumer marketing that our solutions provided. From there, I did that for gosh, about 12 years and ended up leading. Um, I was a business leader for the retail division that they had there. Then I thought I'd try a startup. There was a small little company here in Columbus that was trying to change the world of healthcare. And they had a neat telemedicine solution. And I was their VP of product. My background from the technology company really helped me figure out how to make their product and to commercialize it so that they could get things moving. Unfortunately, as startups go, sometimes they don't work out and this one didn't. And that's where the big moment came an opportunity that City Barbecue actually was looking for a marketing person. They weren't real specific about what kind of marketing, but a City Barbecue is a brand here in Columbus is very well known and they've grown quite a bit. But at the time, it was like, wow, this company is, I, I love their food. I, I was a big fan already. I had lived in Dallas for a while. I'd lived in South Carolina for a while. So I knew barbecue. And I thought that'd be a pretty darn cool job to do marketing stuff for a company like City Barbecue. And I was lucky. I, I feel like I was really just uh, blessed and, and lucky to be hired by them and really to be their first vice president of marketing. And their founder was a contrarian, I would say. His, his name is Rick Mailer, really wonderful guy. And he had been the marketing guy up to that point. And I think he liked me because I was really different. He told me, you know, as he was interviewing different folks for the position, that unfortunately, a lot of times restaurant marketers, they think the same. There's kind of the playbook and here's what you do and here's the stuff that works. And I actually didn't know any of that stuff. <laughs> so that's probably why I sounded so different. <laughs> it's because I just didn't know. <laughs> and I just asked lots of questions. I was just really curious. And I knew I could figure things out if given the opportunity. And I think I approached the business differently as a result of that. So um yeah, that was a wonderful experience there at City Barbecue. Did that for about five years and then came over to BB Bop Asian Grill. And that's another Columbus company that is really just taken off now. We just opened actually this week our 40th location. Yay, yeah. And <laughs> we, uh, yeah, <laughs> we have locations uh, in California, Illinois, Maryland. We're in uh, Kansas City area and really throughout Ohio. And we've got a few more states that would be opening up this year, actually. So that's real exciting. I was not prepared for the growth. <laughs> it was rapid and a lot of the processes and systems were kind of missing. It was mm -hmm. like they started in 2013, but it felt like a startup situation mm -hmm. coming in. And the good news was I actually had been there, done that once with City Barbecue and kind of figured it out there. So mm -hmm. I knew at least enough about what needed to get done to, to get things moving. And so I've just been here for about a year now and just recently have also taken on the responsibility for Charlie's Philly Steaks, which is under the holding company of Gosh Enterprises. So mm -hmm. they have Charlie's Philly Steaks, BB Bop Asian Grill and Lenny Subs. So 
um, yeah, that's how I got where I'm at. <laughs> wow. That is just so interesting and quite fascinating. I mean, you talk about unconventional sort of winding road to where you are today in marketing, but really bringing a lot of diverse skill sets to your current position. And I have to think that's boding well for you. Like you said, thinking differently, talking differently, and being curious and asking those questions. What one thing do you think, or maybe it isn't even one thing, but what has really helped you the most in terms of the different experiences that you have that's led to you to where you are today? Yeah, you know, you always wonder why you do things and how that's going to carry on or come in helpful later on in life. And I think I've been blessed that just each thing, maybe at the moment, I didn't understand why. Why am I where I am right now? But I've been open to kind of take the lessons and learnings of each moment. And really, each one of them's mattered, you know, uh, understanding operations and having empathy for what really goes on and the hard work that goes on each and every day. That is so difficult. That is so hard. You know, when I was at 7-Eleven, I remember there were times where I was the one working the cash register at midnight because the employees quit, you know, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and so the wow. door, they, they don't have locks on the doors. And yeah. Yeah. Actually, they do have locks on the doors. I just didn't know it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so I was the guy who was working all night. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, so learning to have empathy there, but also understanding what makes the operation tick and what kinds of yeah. things really drive that. Marketing can sure make uh, operators job extremely difficult, or you can be their best friend and hero. And I've probably been both, <laughs> so, uh, but I'd like to be more on the hero side or, or helper. I also think human resources, like both on the training side and just understanding how people think, but more on the human resource development side has been, I would say the thing that excites me the most about what I'm doing today. And I think are some of the critical skills that are really needed to be successful when you're working with people and trying to understand people. But really it's the teams that I work with and developing them and helping them to become their best at what they do, learning from them and staying young (laughs) by (laughs) listening carefully. Like what is, what are you talking about? (laughs) What's new and what the latest things are. That's so great. Just having that HR background, it must help you a lot on the team side, team building side. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's great. So you're at BB Bop now Mm -hmm. and you've been there a year. Yeah. And what's one of my favorite joints? Like you said, it's been exploding here where I live in the DC area. There's one. uh, I think the first time I went to one was actually when I was at a Caps game down at Chinatown. I'm pretty sure there's one there. We loved it and I got hooked. And then there's one near my office here. But it's really seems to be a growing concept at a time when it's hard to grow right now. Yes. So yes. walk me through what's the last year been like for you there? Yeah, you bet. It has been one of rapid growth and we did temper our plans a little bit this year, but really only by one or two locations. I think we planned to open 12 and we ended up, we're going to open 10 and it's just exactly right on the money for what people are looking for right now. And also it's right on the money for what's good for you. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, what we serve, we're a healthy Asian concept. A lot of people say, oh, it's kind of like an Asian Chipotle. And yeah, I could imagine how you could look at that, but we have bowls <laughs> and you can select different bases and different toppings and different proteins to go on the bowl and some sauces at the end. But each of those items is fresh. You know, everything's made right there and, and chopped and sliced right there in the restaurant. We grill all the all the meats right there. Uh, we have great vegetarian options as well. Everything's gluten-free now that we have. And the brand is really all about well-being. And 
So the food is a piece of that. But Charlie Shin, who is the founder of both Charlie's Philly Steaks and Bibibop, he is from Korea. And Bibibop is this brand that's really close to his heart. And there's, there's a lot more meaning to food in Korean culture and how it inspires a lot more than just you know, the fulfillment or satisfaction of hunger. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, so we really dig deep into relational well-being to spiritual well-being to f- your physical well-being and then just satisfying your your hunger. Sure, we want to do that too. We want to have some delicious food for you as well. That's such a great brand platform, but even anytime, right? We want to feed our souls, not just our stomachs. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So that's really fascinating. Did he start the cheesesteak before Baby Bob? He did, yeah. It's really interesting. Does that have any Korean influence, the cheesesteak? Well, here's the funny story how Charlie started. His mom actually had a Korean restaurant near OSU's campus back in the early 80s. And when he graduated from college, he went on a trip to New York. And as he was passing through Philadelphia, he had a cheesesteak and he was like, man, this is great. And when he came back home, he actually convinced his mom to transform her Korean restaurant into a cheesesteak restaurant. <laughs> and it was Charlie's cheesesteak. Yeah. Wow. So out with the bagoli. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And Bibibop was sort of funny. And I've only heard this. I've not confirmed it with Charlie, but I've heard this from various members of the teams that have been here for a long time, that he was always trying to figure out like how to make this bowl at the Philly steak restaurant, you know, like, hey, how do I make this thing? And he ended up making something that was like a bibimbap, which is the what bibibap is inspired from. It's a Korean dish. And this doesn't really fit with your uh, Philly cheesesteak uh, restaurant thing. Uh, maybe maybe you should like start a different restaurant and, yeah. and do these instead. And that's what ended up happening. Oh, that's so cool. Now I know why the steak is so good at Bibibop. Yeah. It's all coming together for me. Yeah. Because as you know, I'm gluten-free, which is one reason why I love BB Bob, because you mm-hmm. can go in there. My son is too. So we know everything is safe for us. Mm-hmm. But I almost always get chicken. I try to do a little bit of red meat. Yeah. But yeah. the one place I let myself have the meat is yours. Now that I'm thinking about it, it is a cross between the bugoli and like a, a cheesesteak. It's so delicious. It's, it is good. It is good. Yeah. That's so interesting. So... How long into Charlie's was it before he started BB Bob? Let's see. He started Charlie's in 1986. So, oh, wow. gosh, okay. how, how many years is that? 10, 20, maybe almost 30 years? Yeah. 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 Okay. Great. And so you're also managing the brand for Charlie's. Yeah, I sure am. And how do you balance the two? Because they must be very different. I'm, I'm thinking it's not about yeah. health and well-being with the yeah. cheesesteaks. <laughs> yes, they're two totally different animals, for sure. Yeah. Charlie's is all about food and right. you know satisfying cravings and that kind of a thing. But at the core, I think for both brands, there's a lot of care for the employees mm-hmm. and for the franchisees on the Charlie side. The BB Bops are all company-owned. And just the care for the guests. And that's deep-rooted in Charlie himself and his spiritual beliefs. And really that flows through the company and what the company cares about as well. So it's a really neat place. They are two totally different worlds, but both of them, you know, when I first came in, it was kind of rebuilding on the BBBOP side. It was building a team to be able to have the processes and systems to grow really fast. Charlie's is also growing even faster. And uh, part of that has to do with 
a lot of our locations being in shopping malls for Charlie's Philly Steaks. And that's tough being a shopping mall right now. So many of them closed or mostly closed and that type of thing. So a lot of the locations are moving outside of the malls and we're seeing a lot of success as we do that. And we see a lot of growth opportunities that way as well. That's so great. Yeah. I was blown away when we talked a couple of weeks ago and you said you're opening, I think you said 20 stores a month for Charlie's? Not a month. Next year? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, okay. I was yeah, going to yeah. say, that sounds like an awful lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've got through the rest of this year for Charlie's, we'll be opening another 30 locations and that's plenty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Obviously, we're in a very difficult time now with the pandemic, and I'm sure things have changed for you since you came to to BB Bop and Charlie's. Sure. Tell me a little bit about that. How's your team composition changed? And then how are your marketing strategies changed for the brands? Yeah, so it's really tough as it has been for everyone. And for about six weeks, we closed all locations completely, especially at the height of things. It's like, hey, we don't want to have our guests or our employees kind of in a difficult position where they don't feel safe to come into work and something bad's going to happen. But as things started to subside, we felt like, hey, we do need to open back up. And we did. And really, as we did, our sales were almost instantly returned back to where we were last year. That was surprising. Now, there are some stores, especially ones located, I would say, in more downtown markets um, where people weren't going back to work. Those areas were more difficult for the Charlie side. In the malls, very difficult uh, situation. Outside the malls, though, doing quite well, even above you know last year in many locations. So that's been a, a joy. The team, you know, it's funny. Uh, a lot of my friends assume that, hey, if, you know, if you're taking six weeks, quote unquote, off from work, that it must be nice. Yeah, I think we were probably busier during those six weeks <laughs> than, wow. than we'd ever been because first you got to close down all these locations and a lot of things that you take for granted, like store hours and, and changing store hours. How one, there's just one or two restaurants changing their store hours. That's not so hard to manage, but when they're all changing their hours and updating it in all the different places they are digitally, that can take some time. (laughs) Um, And and even crazier as they were coming back online, changing them each day. There's this one's open, that one's, these things are happening uh, in the open and closing. The kinds of things we worked on while we were closed included just fine tuning the brand because that was something that neither brands had was like a formal brand guide that went to what is our core message? What are we all about? How are we going to articulate that? So we were able to spend a lot of time on that. We were also able to spend a lot of time upgrading our digital platforms. So we actually changed our online ordering platform. And we also launched an app just a few weeks ago, actually on the Charlie side. On the BBBop side, we did some different things with our app to integrate with the new online ordering partners. So very busy kind of making all those things come to life. Great. And I saw the app is also, you're working with Punch on that, right? From a loyalty standpoint. So you've got rewards and everything built in there. Yeah, we have that. And we have an integration with Olo through Punch as well. So you can order directly from the app and get your points and rewards for when you do those online orders as well. So you really took the time to do some great foundational work. And you talked about having that experience working in a startup and bringing that 
into where you are now in terms of having strong foundations and systems and working on a brand guide. And as soon as you said that, I thought it shows, it shows because <laughs> your messaging, particularly with BB Bob, I'm not as familiar with the Charlie's messaging, yeah. but you were doing all sorts of cute little things like BB back soon. Like, <laughs> you know, I've never seen that. And talk to me about that creative process when you're fine tuning a brand and the messaging and a brand that you have particularly with BB Bop, that's relatable, at least for me. Yeah. What was that process like, the ideation, the creativity, the messaging from a team and a company standpoint? Yeah, you bet. Yeah. So I think for me, most of the things that I do are try to be data or research driven. So I start with our guests. What, what are they already saying about our brand? Who do they say we are? What do they think is important? And so we did research with our guests just to understand what it is that they already felt about us. It makes the creative process a lot easier when you have that data and insight to go from. You know, understanding them gave us ideas around the voice that we should be using with them. They tend to be a little bit younger, but I'll tell you, we actually have folks from all walks of life and all ages, all types, everyone really, they enjoy the food. So we try not to take that for granted and say, oh, we're only going to be this youth kind of oriented brand. Our marketing manager is fantastic with these kind of punny, fun, little cutesy <laughs> sayings. Is that Henry? Actually, that's Jason Witt. Henry is also, he's great as well. I see Henry posting things all the time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, so um, the team really is, they're in tune with the brand and where we're headed. We just spend a lot of time together talking about what does this really sound like and what does this really look based on what we understand about who our guests are. And then how do we message that in a way that's understandable and clear to everyone? That's really great. So what would you say is your most innovative campaign you've run during this time that's, that's also had some strong ROI related to it? I think one, I love the campaign I'm not sure that I can prove the ROI on it, although I can tell like how many people have taken us up on it is uh, we do these well-being challenges through our app. And essentially what it is, challenging a guest to do something that maybe they wouldn't normally do on a daily basis. You know, it, it could be something as simple as, hey, we challenge you to call a friend that you haven't spoken with in a long time. And it's things like that. We really actually do care about our guests' well-being. So we want to encourage folks to maybe try something. And if they do that, we'll give them 20 bonus points or whatever in the app for the next time when they come in. Of course, we actually don't know for sure if they did call their friends. We trust our guests. so uh, But it's just a way of saying, hey, we want you to do this and we're paying it forward. We're giving you some points to encourage you to do something like this. Or it might even be like, hey, just take five minutes and just meditate. And we gave some blog resources to help them think about what kinds of things can you do and just in that moment of just quiet and peace. And just maybe exposing our guests to some different ideas and things that eh, they know about, but maybe to encourage them to even try it, try something new. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about the digital transformation that you talked about. So you upgraded your digital platform during this time, and you've released some new loyalty and online ordering. Are you able to get that one view of the guest, or are you able to get data that helps improve your marketing efforts? And how are you working towards personalization and the one-to-one communication? Yeah, for sure. So the loyalty app definitely is helping a lot there, and it ties in also with our online ordering. So we're getting all that data in to understand purchase behavior and these types of things. We're also piloting right now another analytical tool that really gives us insights into our guests 
outside of the loyalty program too and their purchase behavior. And it uses like tokens from credit cards to track even their path and what they're doing inside of our restaurants. And we use all that data to help us build better campaigns. Like when we do something, we can see, well, did that work or not work? And if it didn't work, okay, why didn't it work? <laughs> or what should we try differently next time to see if, if we can crack the code on how all these things come together? Great. So when we talked a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. I was telling you about why I started the podcast and mm-hmm. the role of marketing. And one of the things that you mentioned was that when you got there, marketing was kind of viewed like the people that do advertising, I think yeah. was your... <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'd love to hear how that's changed and where you are today with the role of marketing within either Gosh or just the individual brands and, and how you're working with the teams across those brands to influence the value of marketing. Yep. Yeah, sure. And that's really not uncommon at all. A lot of my colleagues I talk to, you know, it's the same kind of situation. And you kind of have to fight for what you feel is right. My background, I'm a wrestler. I I wrestled in college. I'm a wrestling coach still. I think that's why they hired me to come over here because they knew I was a wrestler and and they knew that they... (laughs) They needed someone who was going to wrestle some things away. Go to the mat. Go to the <laughs> right, mat. Right. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, yeah, you know, when I first came here, just like in a lot of companies, like, hey, what does marketing do? Marketing actually was synonymous with advertising or design. That's what it even meant. And I'm always really careful and I try hard not to use marketing when I say the word marketing, not to mean promotion, not to use it that way, but to talk about the fullness of what really the role should be about. And I'm old school, so I believe in the four P's of marketing. I know some people, there's five P's now, maybe. It's the product, the price, the place, the promotion. And then you can add the people on there too. Start with people, I think. But in the domain of marketing, kind of the tools we work with, it's there. If you have the product right and figured out, a lot of the other stuff takes care of itself. If the product's great, you could charge whatever price you want. You might not have to promote at all. Your fans will do all the promotion for you. So those are things I always look at to understand when we look at things, what is the actual problem that we're facing and how do we solve the problem? And it's usually not just promote it some more. (laughs) If you just promote it, then you're going to solve the problem. When I first came here, it was a lot like that. We were opening a lot of restaurants and marketing was, hey, go make sure the restaurant's open, get out and do local store marketing types of activities and make sure the inside, the design of the stores look good. And Right away, I was like, how do you guys figure out what you're going to do with your menu? And they had some folks that really worked on those kinds of things, but maybe didn't deploy some of the structured processes and systems that you might use uh, to test things out and to get guest feedback and understand what are they really thinking about these things. And so I brought some of those disciplines and ended up eventually getting the whole menu development process kind of sitting within the marketing team and kind of driving things that way. On the IT side, even here, IT was really making decisions when it came to the website. There was a loyalty program when I first started here, and we had to make a change. And unfortunately, there were some challenges there, but they made the decision on online ordering platforms and, and those kinds of things. And, you know, it was just talking about, well, maybe we should at least be in the conversation with those decisions, you know, and, and what kind of impact we can make and how we can improve those things. So, Everyone was uh, very supportive. I would guess it's probably easier because where I came from before coming here, I was given the opportunity to build those things and to learn. So I had some subject matter expertise that I could at least draw and say, hey, I've been there, done that. I can really help you and accelerate these things in a positive way. 
more quickly. That's so great. And so who are the peers that you work with the most today in terms of your executive or your management team? Yeah, so each brand has a brand leader and I work closely with them in helping them really execute like the vision of where is this brand going? There are operations leaders uh, as well. I work closely with them and the human resources department, the IT leader, really across the team, we all work closely and are trying to solve the problems that face the brands. So you're doing the true cross-functional role. Yep. That's fantastic. So what advice would you want to give to marketers today? I think one thing I've really appreciated about the restaurant business is your peers in other companies are happy to talk to you and share ideas with you and listen to your challenges. Hey, it's always fun when you're in the food business, you can go eat at their place or they could come eat at your place and you can talk shop. You know, if you're not doing that, do it. <laughs> and I sure do miss all the conferences and the time you know that you can go out is a lot easier when you can get out there and shake hands with folks. But there's Zoom now. So, hey, we can still find a way to make it happen. And guess what? There's podcasting too. There's podcasting, <laughs> yeah, LinkedIn, you name it. There's all kinds of ways. On my LinkedIn, I'll pose questions to the community and I get answers. It's like, hey, I'm looking for a new XYZ. Anyone have any suggestions? And there's lots of great ideas that pop up. Great advice. Yeah. I think also maybe another big one is just take care of your people. For me, that's always been the one is like making sure that you spend a lot of time with your teams, understand how you can help make their lives better, help build their skills, find out what they really desire and help them get there. What are some strategies you're using there for your teams, especially during a pandemic? I'm sure that things have changed a little bit, although your stores are open now. Yep. But you have specific strategies to keep people engaged and motivated yeah, we have weekly meetings where we're able to talk with each other and we do some kind of fun things in those meetings as well. A lot of times we'll do a would you rather type question or some kind of a goofy question and get people's ideas or thoughts on things just to keep things light. We also just do stuff that needs to get done together. There's over the years, different types of fun activities with the teams or just this morning, we, we cleaned up a storage unit together, <laughs> you know, oh, wow. made sure we kept socially distant. But you know how sometimes when uh, things keep getting put away in that dark closet and it starts to fill up and <laughs> yeah, you know, we'll roll up our sleeves together and go do some things like that and have some fun with it, celebrate when it's all done. But it's not been as easy during COVID either. I think we've only been out together one time where we went out and just had some fun, you know, together. So that has been more challenging. Speaking of challenges, what would you say is the biggest challenge for marketers today? The biggest challenge for marketers, the question I am often asked by the team, and I think it's probably for all marketers, I'm guessing, is, hey, what's the magic bullet? <laughs> you know, how, yeah. how yeah. sales are down somewhere. Hey, marketing, would you please solve a sales problem in this location or that market. And I wish I knew what the answer to that one was. I've asked a lot of people and I haven't gotten the answer yet. So do, do you know? <laughs> <laughs> there is no magic bullet. There's no magic bullet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's one is just continuously educating the people that you work with about how things really work. I often tell people that I'm the marketer that doesn't believe the hype in the craft, I guess. Or there is a craft, but I don't believe that, hey, every single thing I do is going to draw a clear line to sales growth. And I always try to prove why something doesn't work first before I'll accept that maybe it did. So 
it's maybe being a little bit more real with folks. And I rarely will take credit when things are up. And I also try not to take the blame too much when things aren't so good because it's a team effort. There's so many parts and pieces to how it all comes together and how it works. And marketing is one piece of that, but it's not the whole picture. I'm reflecting as you're talking because I'm thinking a little bit about myself and the things that I've learned over my career in terms of being, you know, sort of, you talked about the humility and being right-sized and it not being all about marketing and this campaign or that campaign, but really about what is the organization overall driving towards. I always start with what are the strategic goals of our company and our business? And those are going to be soft goals and hard goals. They're going to be the numbers that we need to hit. And then they're going to be the developmental things within the company, whether it's the people or the brand or the programs. It's very good advice. I think that's very sound advice for marketers that are potentially coming up or even later in their career is how can we be all pulling in the same direction? Yeah, for sure. So how about a quick little lightning round? Oh boy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'll make it easy for you. What's your favorite menu item at any of your brands? I have to have one for each brand. So (laughs) what I like about Charlie's is that you really can build it however you want it to be. They have a ham and turkey like club sandwich, but I like just getting the ham with extra Swiss on it and then all the fixings in there too. Uh, So it's like a hot ham and Swiss. It's really great. And then at BB Bop, I enjoy a spicy chicken bowl. There's a topping called Muche, which is a, a daikon radish with some like chili powder spices in it. So it's kind of a, a little bit spicier bowl, but it's not too spicy. And then the trick at Bibibop that I do is they have sesame oil uh, on the back of the line, but not everyone yes. knows about it. So oh, I know about it. <laughs> okay, good. All right. Well, we're supposed to be telling people, hey, we got sesame oil back and here. And the free soup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's some miso soup. But I just put the sesame oil in there and I usually don't get any additional sauce. And I just mix that up and it's really great. Yum. Yeah. The best career advice you were ever given? Figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) I think that, yeah, figure it out. Clearly you grew up like me in the pre-Google days. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Figure stuff out. Yep. (laughs) Let's see here. Your favorite or most profitable LTO? I think my favorite one actually goes back to city barbecue days. The product actually started as an LTO, but became a regular menu item. It was called More Cowbell. And (laughs) yeah, I actually dressed up like Will Ferrell and went around all the stores dancing and hitting the cowbell (laughs) to try and get the teams excited about it. That was good times. Yeah. And it was a great product too. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Yeah. What's the brand, and it can't be yours, the restaurant brand that you most admire? Chick-fil-A is the easy one, I think. They're so good in so many ways that there's nothing wrong with admiring them. (laughs) Yeah, they are. It's funny because almost everyone mentions Chick-fil-A when I do the show. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. it's just, they're just really good at just about everything. Yeah. Ghost kitchens, predictions for ghost kitchens, in or out? Yeah, they're already sort of a thing. I'm not fully sold, though, that it's the right thing for everyone. Yeah, 100%. The biggest opportunity for marketers today? Uh, Probably to continue learning on the data side of things and really understanding the insights and how they can be used to understand your guests and improve the profitability of the business. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Brian. It was really 
fun getting to know BB Bop and Charlie's. And there's one more brand that we haven't talked about. Do you want to give a shout out to to the other brand? Yeah, absolutely. Lenny's. They're out of Memphis. They've got about a little more than 70 locations. They're a a sandwich restaurant chain, and they're going to be a real up and comer coming soon here. Yay. Can't wait to see them. And then before we wrap, I like to give marketers a quick infomercial spot if there's anything you want to make a plug for whether it's within your brand or things you're doing in the community i just say support your local restaurant whichever one is your favorite share some love with them yeah thank you so much and best of luck to you at bb bop and charlie's and hope to see you again soon great thanks jen have a great day the restaurants reinvented podcast is brought to you by q a restaurant technology company going beyond POS to create unified food experiences for fast, casual, and quick service restaurants. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and leave us a review. It really helps us improve the show and bring the restaurant marketing community together. Thanks for listening.